in a blender this is episode four season two six episode six episode six yeah season we're two yeah. wow right we're flying through this right right i'll start again will I? <laughs> no we'll carry on anyway no and anyway this week i have lenny stokes in with me and he is a part of the ultimate blended family he went from being married with a stepchild and having two more children then then the marriage ended and he moved on to meet his current fiance. Yep. Aoife, who beautifully took on three stepchildren. And we just love to see it here, Mamsa Blender. So tell us now, have you always wanted to be a dad? Do you know what? I haven't grown up myself. You're <laughs> still not ready. I, I'm 51. Who owns them kids? I'm 51 going on 16. But um you know, even when I had kids, they were like my best pals and they yeah. still are. I mean, my two lads now are 16 and I'll be 20 next month. You twins? No, no. Two boys, but one is 16 and one's almost 20. And my daughter's, wow. my daughter's 24. Wow. So, I mean, when um met the ex-wife, my daughter was still called, I don't class with my stepdaughter. She's only ever yeah, known me. Yeah, we don't me. do that here. <laughs> no, she's only ever known me. She was only newborn. So when so, you got with your your ex-wife, yeah. she had a newborn baby. She had a newborn baby. Now, and we you, had known each other for 10, 15 years prior to that. So you were friends or whatever. We were friends, yeah. and then we got together. Wow. And then, um, of course, it wasn't just taking on one person, it was taking on the partner and the newborn. Yeah, that's amazing, yeah. You know. Absolutely. And at the time, it was kind of roller coaster for me, but then it was kind of... What age were you back then? Oh, Jesus, let me think now. That's going back to... I was 27. 27. 27. I thought you were going to say 17 or something no, there now. 27. I was late starter. I was yeah. late starter. At that stage, it was quite. Yeah, you were definitely age-wise yeah. ready for yeah. that role. Yeah. You know? Definitely but ready so, for it. So, you haven't always wanted to be a dad, but it just kind of happened. It happened straight away. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, I talked to it naturally. You, like the, you didn't even have to do the deed and you became <laughs> a dad. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it was like the Jerry Maguire Could have been your like first kiss and you, oh, child, you know? <laughs> Take on the kid and, and, the, and the wife as well. The immaculate conception reversed. Kind of, yeah, yeah. The no. work, the work was done for me. <laughs> so right, I know you you weren't there for the birth then of your daughter. No. So then, when your first son was born, yeah. Do you remember how it felt? Were you there for the birth of that? Yeah? I was. So I do you remember? Deli- I actually delivered him. All right. Okay. Jesus Christ. I I at the time I was full time firefighter and paramedic with the wow. fire brigade. Wow. So and I I had delivered five in the back of the ambulance prior to that. Now, when Sorry. I say, deli- I say the whole podcast <laughs> is going to be about this now, this is my favorite. Oh, right? well, now if you go into that kind of warmth, there's hours and hours. Oh, and that. god, right? Yeah. So, right, give us, give us, give us one story of a baby you delivered that wasn't your son first. I was only three weeks operational in the job, right? Of station in Telefor station on the Belgard Road, yeah. And at the time, it was, it was two people going in an ambulance, two paramedics, yeah. But the guy I was with that night was uh, he'd only about two months left to do before retirement. Okay. So his interest level wasn't exactly high. He's he was, in he the was on a wind down. Yeah. And it was about four o'clock in the morning and we got a call up to the back of Aylesbury in Tala okay. here. And there used to be a filling station in the middle of Tala village, right in the centre of it. It's gone now. Opposite, just up for the fuck from Malias, heading out towards Bars. Um, right on the corner. Facing Malias. Just after Malias, yeah. Facing the, the opposite side. Yeah, 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 I remember. There was an SO station there. 
We got up to collect uh, the lady going to the hospital. There was a guy standing in the driveway smoking a cigarette going, she's inside, nothing to do with me. I'm only here to joy after three years stretch. She's pregnant. This was her husband. So He's so, only on the joy. <laughs> only out of joy. He out said, of the joy. Out of joy after three years. He said, so somebody else done the damage. He said. Oh, God. She came out. We got as far as Tala Village heading for the comb. And she said, the baby's coming. Oh, my I God. Had, the baby's coming now. So I was panicking. Young right. lad. Get your gloves on. Had done three days in the comb as an intern. Had done everything on video and mannequins and so on the training centre. But this was the real deal. Yeah. And I pulled in and said to the guy, I won't mention his name because you're listed. He get in the back of me. No, I'm having a smoke, he says. Oh, this this is not the other firefighter? No, this, this is the other firefighter, the good driving. Okay. So he's supposed to come in the back and help me, but he was kind of, no. No, fuck off. You you learn, that's you, your problem you then. You're now, son. Yeah. And so I had to deliver the baby on my own. The back and all went smoothly? Perfectly. I, look, you just play catch. No, but no, come here. If you're lucky, if you're lucky and it goes smoothly like I, that. Yeah, I, I only had one, which was... Same, which was a bit of touch and go where a baby was breached and there was an arm delivered one day and that was a dash from Portran into uh, the Rotunda. And was everything okay? We'd, yeah, we had a guard escort all the way in. So the arm was just hanging out? Foot to the, <gasps> foot, foot to the floor. Shaking hands like? Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. You know. Like so, yeah. that kid shook hands before it even cried. Like. So, yeah. So, you so you shook his hand first. I did, yeah. <laughs> well, like, and do you know what? I got, the only thing I'd find really hard because I, I always say I want to be a midwife, but I'm obviously not going to do it, but I'd love never to. Never say never. I haven't got the time to even wash myself, so, you know. <laughs> You're still young, Sandy. I'm not that young. <laughs> Everyone keeps saying that. Everyone comes You're on. I keep young. getting people older than me it's on the call. It's only a number. It's only a number. But, yeah, but the, the time just yeah, is not it's there. It's a lot. Big commitment. I don't think I'd be able to separate myself from every child I deliver. I'd be like, I'd be wanting to keep tabs and I'm going, so, how are they getting on? Did they start school? What colour hair did they turn out having? I'd need to know everything. The nosiness would get too much. No, I'd no baby's called after me, anyway. But sorry, back back <laughs> to that dear Grey stories. Yeah. I love stories. I have hundreds of them. Hundreds. If, we, if we have time at the end, we'll, we'll keep going. I have a few X-rated ones that'll make you go, wow. Oh, we have to, well, this X-rated podcast I'm talking about getting going in the future, you know? Right. But, um... <laughs> The, back to your own, your own kids seeing your for, your first son unbelievable seeing his face yeah. the first time yeah. what was that like for you that's just you can't like you're a parent now yeah I mean I had spoken to people who said everything changes that minute the baby yeah. is born yeah and there's an emotion and a wave hits you that you don't know exists mm. and just almost like a, a, a protective mode switches on yeah you turn into and an it, armour and it never goes off yeah like my young going on 20 next month I'm still crapping it when he's out at night I'm oh, still yeah. waiting for the call huh? and then I'm going what was I doing at that age I'm going okay I can't give my hair time over this because I was yeah. 100 times worse but like, like you, know? you compare yourself to your kids and realistically nowadays there's no comparison no there's no because it's a completely different world kids are mature at completely different rates because they're not yeah. made mature as early yeah like we kind of mollycoddled them they're supposed eight. to have a lot they more did, a lot earlier nowadays they get till 18 to yeah. mature and then they still get till about 25 to actually get out of the gaff yeah. you know and it, that's, <laughs> if they go. that's if they go out of the house <laughs> you know back, back then yeah. it would have been like right you're 18 get out yeah. or you're 18 what are you doing Yeah. what are exactly. you doing you're doing something wrong here yeah. but the but, day he was born like when it was in the later stage of labour and the nurse was looking at the chart and went I'm fireman yeah. So have you done this before? I says, well, yeah, a few. Ah, here. On your own, she says, you deliver him. Wow. Although it's petrified now, absolutely petrified. Wow. And Delivered you... him, cut, cut the car, cleaned him up the whole Wow. And in, pe- where was that? In the kiln? In or? the kiln. Wow, that is amazing, and isn't he, it? And, and then he pissed all over me. Oh, well, <laughs> Sigma da. She's... <laughs> oh, that's just amazing. I'm, I'm painfully jealous of that. <laughs> 
Like I, like I never got to squeeze a baby out. Right. I've never got to see a baby be delivered, and I probably never will. You never know. Not unless, hey, any friends you out never there, know. <laughs> if your fellas are squeamish, let me come in with you and deliver your child. Oh, I Fair swear, time. I've watched loads of YouTube tutorials. <laughs> so I'm ready to go. It was yeah. the one situation before we get, when the bells went off for Namna's case, he saw, he could see any kind of trauma or car crash, horrific injury. He'd say, okay, well, when you saw maternity on the page, that was the moment, oh, Jesus, oh, please shit. let this go okay. Yeah. You know, or please let just let this just be a taxi case to the hospital. You know? It's amazing. Don't be we crap yourself, like you know. Like, oh, sorry, I need to. I'll come off this on a little bit. Right. So yeah, next question is right. When you became a father, mm. do you feel like you lost much of the person you were prior to being free? Oh, that's a good question. Um, probably not. Uh, I had gone through a lot of. I I lost my dad tragically at a young age. Yeah. And um. I was a bit all over the place, even emotionally. And I mean, my years in the fire brigade, it was only when it came out that I realised how fried I was in the head. Like, it yeah. took me four years to sleep properly yeah. after that. Living in a bubble, like. Oh, yeah, mm. yeah. And needs that constantly jet lag because of the shift work and, yeah. and so on and so forth. <laughs> not, not much has changed now. No, Jesus, no. And right. then, of course, there was all at the time, you know, in, in, early on in, in, in the marriage, things were, were, were kind of going in the wrong direction as well. Yeah. So, dealing with that, but. but when he was born, it was just kind of it. Although life changed direction, it mm. was like amazing as well, and the stuff that you kind of yeah. grounds you, doesn't it? Like, oh, massive! Like like what you massive. said, you become that armor, yeah. so that if you you didn't have the bones and you just stand up right before you had a kid, that armor comes around you, you know, choice, and it's like your new skeleton, keeping yeah. you upright, keeping you going, showing you what your new bleeding yeah. role is, and yeah, it's deadly, deadly. I've only had a few people that have actually said. Um, no, no, nothing's changed. Oh, Jesus, no, <laughs> no, no, everything. All changed. I remember there was changed. a guitarist who was in an old band and his missus was expecting. And I said to him before a gig one night, CJ, I says, you watch the minute that child is born. And he rang me about six minutes later. He says, you are right. Yeah. Six minutes later? No, six months later. I was when just saying, No, no. When the child is born. When the child is born, six minutes later. I'm on a plane to Mallorca. She's in the kiln. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, there. So then... My nephew, I'm trying to remember the questions. Yeah, right. them. Uh, what is your, what was your favourite childhood dinner? Oh, Jesus. It would have had to have always been Christmas. Christmas, just Christmas. The Christmas spread. because uh, my mum was from a huge family. Mm. There was 13 of them in her family. Deadly. And um, my grandparents moved out. They were living in Killinarden. Yeah. So everybody descended on Tallaght on Christmas morning. Was your whole family from Tallaght? No. Um... Well, in later years, yeah, they all eventually. Your mum was your mum. My mum was originally from just off Camden Street there. Oh, so Townies. In town, yeah, yeah. I was born. I was born just off the off the Coombe in Hanover Street. Oh yeah. Near Francis Street. Yeah. It was only a year, or so when we moved yeah. to Tallaght, Tallaght was only new. Mm. So they were all from the city centre, but they all moved out to Killinarden, ah. and they all followed us basically. Yeah, place to be. <laughs> Christmas morning was always a. Uh, the grandparents come over, we used to go down to Tomas in the Priory at seven o'clock. Oh, yeah. And then back up and then we'd all go to my grandmother's house and then there'd be a mob at the end of my ma's house for Christmas Day. And what would be what would be the spread? Oh, you name. Right now, tell me because I always like to get new ideas for Christmas dinner. Well, my mom was never one for starters. It was always just a huge Christmas dinner. No, no, I mean, not to forget about stars. That's, you know, that's not part of it. We're talking about one meal here. Oh, You're only allowed yeah, one well, meal. This is, this is death row yeah. now. The turkey, the ham. She makes this stuff and that's still. I have to mm. get the recipe off her. Does she make just the, the 
the bread stuff and I used to make the sausage stuff and no, sausage and the potatoes and the smashed potatoes potatoes and, well. and yeah. the stuffing it's real moist right there and it gets are, done in, has to be done inside the turkey so I'm only new newly after becoming a fan to the sausage stuffing yeah before it's that the I was only on, way. I, it was just the season, yeah. season onion stuffing that my mum had yeah. but then me my brother-in-law came into the family and he's a whopper cook right and he makes the stuffing every year now and I'm like like the whole thing gets polished off me yeah. eating it in chunks like you well, my mom makes it then my mum takes orders for Stephen's Day and all, oh, for, God, for yeah. anyone in the family just be like fight to the day I'd be always like why don't you make two <laughs> he always makes one this tray and no, like, my mum oh. makes a mountain of it because yeah. it has to be done inside the turkey yeah. and then she uses the turkey juice the following day for the second lap oh very good well. yeah 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 so it's that and then she does uh, I don't know what way she, she still won't tell us why she does these roast potatoes I don't know if it's the turkey juice or something but I just just there's fights over the potatoes right tell me what the potatoes are like you know go into full detail <sighs> God, right, they're real, like soft and fluffy on the inside. The right, outside perfect. is like this hard shell on them. I know. But there's all this crispy, kind of chewy stuff on the outside of it. And it's just. Semolina. No, she doesn't. It's semolina. I'm it's the now. secret she ingredient doesn't. for Well, if I'm going to try them so all right, semolina. It's yeah. goose fat and semolina because mm. the goose fat just makes them delicious, but semolina gives it that kind of crackly. Yeah. Uh, you know, the crick. Cr- oh, you oh, yeah. know them. And there's rows. There's actually nearly pitch battles for the sports oh milk, milk water in the usual <laughs> and then only an hour to go <laughs> broccoli, but now she has a knack, knack of uh, she has this thing that broccoli has to be overdone it's like a point yeah, of the play mush, mush yeah. broccoli See, carrots turnips all mush sprouts um, peas and then to, to what's your opinion on sprouts no the, the devil's work oh I love sprouts <laughs> I hate sprouts and my aunt loves them so there's always she's my there my auntie Christmas makes some with like no. little bit little bacon lardons in it and I heard that somebody frying mm, that frying them in coke yeah. with coke coca cola my brother-in-law he does the ham at Christmas as well and in coke he cooks it in coke, coke. Yeah. he's yeah. a like yeah. it's amazing like, my, my mum made the dinner and all but there was nothing kind of she yeah. just kind of cooked it yeah. <laughs> there was no little tweaking going on and now Anto this is your first proper shout out my brother-in-law Anto he is a culinary master right and he's just winging it but he's so obsessed with food and I'm obsessed with the fact that he's obsessed with food and wants to feed me sometimes and it's great it's a, it's a great little kind of back and forth thing going on I do fuck all I eat the food do fuck all and he makes it Aoife says I'm a feeder because <laughs> I do the cooking at home I'll stop I, I'm I'd be the feeder if I had the time and wanted to share yeah <laughs> but the, the Christmas dinner for us had two parcel because Oh, that's Christmas night or Stephen's night. My ma's sister's married to an Italian. Right. They live up in Milbrook Lands. And okay. we go there. But his dinner's like were seven, eight courses. Now, this is all it Italian stuff, you All like. Italian. Right, get and into it. it. Be, you'd, you'd start off, you'd have little salads of mozzarella and, and, and tomatoes. Then there'd be these kind of courgettes done with a stuffing. Nice. There'd be, um, what else you got? There was bruschetta, which was swimming nice. in garlic. Love and, that and, too. and he'd have mixtures of them with different cheeses on them. Now, you used to octopus and squid which love that as well wasn't mad into see, at the time see I'm I'd be a better guest than yeah. you that was all the so starters. how do and I get he, into this family uh, <laughs> he's got an open door down there <laughs> how do you make but, all uh, the food there <laughs> and um, then he'd have then a meat course which was all different there was veal there was beef there was chicken there was mm. then a fish course come. then the pasta would come and that was lasagna there was bolognese there was cannelloni there was all mixed oh, right. and then he'd come yeah. out with this he'd do this big huge fruit dessert it was chopping up pineapples and mangoes but he'd put them in a bowl and cover them in a bottle of Galliano what's that Galliano? it's like a liqueur Nice. It's in Harvey Wallbangers. It's like a, a creamy. It's like a, a, a caramel, kind of caramel kind of liqueur. Nice. And you leave it swimming in that, and then cover that in cream. I don't have any nice things in life. <laughs> I don't have enough nice things in life. You You're all out the door. I feel, I feel so stuff. deprived. Like you know. <laughs> and like I said in a previous podcast, if anyone wants to invite me over for dinner, 
don't hesitate. I'll give you his address. I'll be bleeding there. <laughs> Just knock and the door. I don't care what's on the plate. As long as it's cooked and I didn't make it, I'm here for it. Right, so we, I keep getting carried away. Yeah, right. Jesus Christ. Now, how do no, you start in your story, right? I'm a chatterbox so, anyway, so... <laughs> I'm just going to skip... The, oh, no, we'll go to this last one. Do you, Give us your favourite childhood memory. Favourite childhood memory. One off. One off. We used to go down to um, a place in Kerry called Brandon, which Brandon. was on Everyone the opposite it. side. You, you heard of Dingle. Yeah. So Dingle's the main touristy spot. Yeah. Well, the Dingle's on the kind of south side of the, the peninsula, on the north side of it. It's just a dead end. This little village called Brandon, behind Mount Brandon. Yeah. There's nothing in it. There's a pub and a harbour. Love it. But we used to go there every summer. My dad was mad into mountaineering and climbing. We used to yeah. go down hill walking and all. But we discovered that one summer. I think we went there, I think seven or eight years in a row. Yeah. I just fell in love with the place. And yeah. it was just totally peaceful. Have you ever went back with your kids? Yeah. 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 Good, down there, that. jumping off harbour walls into yeah. the water. We were there a Dead. few years ago camping as well. It's mad, they isn't it? It's something so simple. It just, yeah. It's a pity that Kerry isn't closer. I know. I yeah, love I'd it. Say, I'd say the drive down killed you and then no one did do it back. And back then there was no motorway. Oh, how, long, a, how many hours did it take? It was about seven hours, six hours. Seven six hours. Is that, is that down near Valencia kind of... Island where Sneamy, It's kind Sneamy. of similar. Well, not not quite. Sneem's the next one down, but yeah, similar. Oh, vibe. Every time you hear the word, as a Sneem. musician, when you yeah, hear the word Sneem. We just avoid that one. Uh, no, not going there. I, I'll charge triple. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it if uh, I get a week's holiday out of it. <laughs> but um, yeah, de- definitely uh, Brandon was the, the, the favourite childhood place for it. It's gorgeous. Now, yeah. we, we have a similar thing with Mark's family. We're only back, we only came back the weekend Marie. go to a place in Clare called Mount Shannon it's I've like heard a harbour yeah, I've never been in it it was a yeah. harbour and one pub the yeah, same as vibe. I said and I'd live there all yeah. summer if I could right that's icebreakers done that's only icebreakers and we have that's a show that's all get into right, the, so the, the, the nitty gritty <laughs> let's get into your childhood family dynamic yeah right so tell me about your childhood there was only there was me and an older brother right and if you met him and you met me you'd go are they brothers Is nothing like he's Small, thin build, about only about five foot seven tall. Black hair, jet black hair. I just guessed, you know, <laughs> yin and, and yang. Um, very quiet, mm. driven to hell with study and the books and yeah. education. Whereas I was kind of, do I have to do this? Messer, not so much a messer. It's just, I knew well, he was like had his part. I don't want to be a physiotherapist or an engineer. Yeah, he ended up doing engineering and now he worked his way for years through different engineering companies. And he's one of the main managers down in Pfizer now. Yeah. And very successful, so on, and work, 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 and family on the side. Mm. Whereas I was kind of, no, I want the adventure of life. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be, I, I go mad if I was tied to a desk. Yeah, I wanted everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's mad, like, do you ever look back now going, you were mad, doing all this mad, this, that, and you're And obviously you went on, you were a firefighter and musician yeah. and all, all this. Oh, like, do you, is there anything to be said for being a normal Joe Soap and just, <laughs> I don't think know, I could do it. I, 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 I feel like I couldn't do it, but something in me, hates that I didn't do it yeah. as well as having all the other madness as hobbies and stuff you know just sure, for, the, for the little bit of uh, what's the word, security and balance because like I just my life I know you always had that in the back of your mind was oh yeah. my life is just constant yeah. nervousness yeah and I'm and, self I've been on business now yeah. with that as well it's yeah, kinda, it's, but I, I kind of went all over the place I mean my dad worked for um my dad worked for Gallagher's which is Benson Hedges he used yeah. to the cigarette factory in the Greenhills mm. Road and he started off down the docks bringing in tobacco mm. then he walked into the tobacco plant and then he up, ended up uh, assistant head of security for them there Yeah. so he was on shift work but uh, everything was family driven 
Yeah. And when I look back, him and my ma, like sometimes looking back, even in my late teens, I'd be nearly going, we'll just get a room. Oh, they loved each other, didn't he? He'd be half an hour gone from the job. He'd oh, gone to work, be ringing her, saying how much he missed her and so oh, on and so forth. That's what you want. Yeah. That's what you'd be striving for. Oh, uh, yeah. And I mean, Aoife slags me. She's like, you're the same. Like, you know. Ah. <laughs> but, you know, I know she's my best pal. We'll talk about her later. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get into Aoife later. Yeah. Because wanna... she told us we have to. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everything everything was, was family driven. And then my ma's family are all so close. There was an awful lot of family activity. Yeah. And so on, and my dad was a musician as well. He was a trad, oh, he was so a trad player. What did he play? Concertina and Tin Whistle. That's it, like yeah, little small mini the squeeze box. box. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he, in the late sixties, he would at the time he was he would have been on the same scenes like the Dubliners and Planksty, and he was yeah. at Christy Moore. He was one of his pals. He'd asked him to join Planksty at the time, but when he said my brother were born, he just got one night. He said no, I'm giving up and staying with the family. Mad, yeah. Just he went out to gig one night and turned around, came step back in. He said, can't nah, handle that. I'm no. done. Yeah, you know. That's how I feel every week. <laughs> and every then, single week. Do you know what? That's it. That's it. Yeah. Never another no. What time in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to say, I've never gone, I don't want to gig again. No, I, I haven't I haven't said that per se, but yeah. I have, I have, I was nowhere I rest there. I was putting my arm down on an invisible <laughs> arm. This here? Uh, <laughs> um, I've, I have said that I need to start kind of being a bit more picky choosy with the ones I yeah. do do yeah, because yeah. I run myself into a wall. Yeah. Because I, I have this big fear that if you start saying no, the, the it'll dry up, the you go elsewhere. Stop coming. So yeah. I say yeah, yeah to bleeding everything. Yeah. And absolutely destroy myself. Yeah. And here I am moaning about it <laughs> for the twentieth time on the podcast. But anyway, no. right, so then uh, at a young age you lost your father. Yeah. Now when I say young, it's probably when you look back it's probably was I was 23. 23. And what age was your dad? He was 51, same age I am now. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. And I had a couple of health scares, I'll tell you about that oh, in a few God, minutes. Oh, God, me at least you're medically trained. Yeah, yeah well, it was only, but funny enough, it was that that kind of saved me from a bit of a, a, a situation a few years ago, but I'll tell you about that in a second. But he was, a, yeah, and I mean, my dad was big into it. He was fitness. He went from during his gigging days to drinking and smoking yeah. to the total opposite he ran two, he ran two or three marathons a year mm. he was into mountaineering and hill walk and just and camp and we were like every weekend we were off somewhere with him yeah. so he was like he was like to me set me brother he was our best pal yeah you know so we're really really close and then, uh, yeah he was and um he was due he was setting it all up he was going to take early retirement mm. and he was going to go at 55 i think and the deal was um he was going to open they were going to go down to Dingle okay. and they were going to get a big house and do it up and my ma was going to run the B&B side of it yeah. and he was going to do guided hill walks and mountaineering trips oh, and that was dream. all set up and it was all in place and he was going on holidays to Malta on a Friday evening and I was working shift work on the, in a place, computer place out in Swords yeah. and he sent my brother on opposite shifts in the same place and I was going in in the evening I was downstairs and I could hear this moaning roar from upstairs I said to my ma go up there wake him he's having a bad dream Tony was having a massive heart attack. In oh, jeez. So she went up, all hell break loose. And to this day, I look back. It was like it wasn't me. I ran up and I dragged him out of bed and, C- and did CPR on him until the ambulance came. And, and he didn't make it, you know. Wow. But uh, it was, it was, it was, ironically, when I went for the job in the fire brigade. Is that and, what uh, made you want to go for? No, it was always kind of, I was involved in the scouts for years and first aid and I did a bit yeah. in the mountain rescue and it was something, that kind of adventure and your kind of thing. Appe- yeah, kind of got you into that, that kind of adventure sort of thing kind of appealed to me. So when the fire brigade came up, I said, yeah. It was in the back pocket. 
Because prior to that, I'd, I'd, I did uh, I did electronic engineering in UCD. Yeah. Was in and out of college. I did me leave us out at 16. Yeah. I was out at 20 before. Like, what the fuck was all that about? Yeah. You know, I was too young. Yeah, you weren't into it. No. Like, yeah. So I worked in adult education for a year, teaching engineering to people with learning difficulties. So you're overly qualified for everything? Like. Probably. Yeah, yeah. So the you're like a, co- you know. a cocktail of co- qualifications. Yeah, because I did adult education. I worked for... 11 months as a primary school teacher yeah. I was going to go back and do post primary and then the fire brigade came up and I right. went into that then Jesus Christ I did that for 19 years so Jesus so, so not only did you lose your dad you he basically died in your arms yeah. kind of thing and you know to watch me ma because my mom met him when she was 13 wow like she knows and nothing else it just maybe my ma's like think about when you were 13 yeah think about yeah. the friends you had when you were 13 they're the friends that stick in your head the yeah. most and like you don't see them for years running into them on a night out exactly. like years later you're like you're still, oh my yeah. god what like brothers and sisters yeah. you know there's just that that bond yeah. that keeps going on like so and imagine, imagine, imagine marrying that one they of them were inseparable yeah. and uh, you know I, you know, eventually someday my mum will pass away but I still say she died in 1995 she, she lost a big ah, chunk yeah, of herself yeah, yeah. yeah she was lost for years so how, how, for years. How, how many years ago was it since your dad died now 1995 like? so that's what 28 years Yes, and yeah, if you walk through the door so tomorrow, your poor man's like, on her own 28 years. She now. is, yeah. And so, my ma's not my ma's been recently diagnosed with uh, vascular dementia as well. Oh, so she's she kind of gone down that road as well. And she's remembering a lot of stuff from the past and not from the present. Like, five right? minutes ago, I was on a loop, kind yeah. of thing. So, you know, oh, that's, fucking so. that's one thing that I'm terrified of. Yeah, Just, it's like obviously, if when you're going through it, you don't know you're going through it. Yeah, but to see someone. Like you love, just kind of lose themselves. And yeah, and my mum was kind of the second eldest. She was the head of the family. Yeah. Everyone went to her. Yeah, now she's now, now everyone needs she to go is for relying. her aid now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know. Oh, I hope she's okay. still a bit of herself. Oh, she, hanging oh, yeah. on there. Yeah, yeah she'd be a candidate for this. Yeah. <laughs> if you want the next, if you want the next you know rated podcast, is she still at home? She is. Yeah. Right, I'll come up. I'll set a mic up and there. Uh, we're just asking you might, want to sen- say, you might want to censor it a bit. Yeah, no, not for the X-rated podcast. This needs to happen, right? That's in the corner with a little buzzer. Yeah. <laughs> you won't have much footage. <laughs> oh, my God. She's on a loop. Oh, she is. She would just she- gone around and say, same story. Yeah, some of the stories are a bit... Oh, God. Incriminating. Yeah. She, ha- she has all these Dublin street songs that they used to sing when they were playing. and, and But one of them... She, when we were small, she used to look after school teachers' kids yeah. to help make ends meet. And I remember one of them came one weekend and she says, what was the song you taught Marta? What I said, it? what do you mean? And she says, it was actually a song about a prostitute in Dublin and it was the price list. Do you know it? Yeah. Want to sing the song? <laughs> Down in Mungo's Lane, there is a big fat woman. And if you want to see her arse, you have to pay a shilling. Soldiers two and ten, children, oh, no, soldiers two and ten, sailors uh, one and a penny, big fat men, two pound ten, and little kids, a tanner. Jesus And I went down to the second and third verse, but she sang that. That was in the month, though, this. Yeah. yeah, and that was a skipping song, but it was oh, a priceless. Jesus Christ, for a prostitute. Why? She was teaching, she, and she was teaching it to the kids. Yeah, come here, what's You know, <laughs> monkey see, monkey do. You know, I, uh, I, there's so many things that have to be censored now. Like, we're gonna have to censor the whole song out of this now for the podcast to be allowed <laughs> on air now. So <laughs> just put a disclaimer out beforehand. <laughs> no, 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 we do what we want here. Like, um, right, so you lost it. Then becoming a firefighter. Yeah. Tell us about the early days of that. Mad. Right, I mean, so I, I at the time I'd been working in adult education in a place in Chapel Is it? And I had my own little workshop. See Chapel Chapel what? Chapel Is it? Chapel Is it? <laughs> I thought it was Chapel Lizard. 
all my life. Yeah. Chapel is it? Chapel is it? Does it right? Yeah. Okay, carry on. And I worked there for three years, I think it was. And I, I got after that, the job came up for the Furby head, and I went for it. Now, I went from being my own boss to picking my own hours to doing what I want. But the first six months of Furby get trained, it's like being in the army. Yeah. It's recruiting, it's polishing your shoes so you can see your face and then it's you're standing yeah. on parade, you're everything's marching every perfect. morning, everything's perfect. But I have to say, within a day of two, I've gone, Jesus, what the fuck am I have to do? Sorry, I swear. <laughs> I've done it a million times already. But, uh, I knew this is it, I loved it. Loved it. Now, I did yeah. uh, six months out in the training center, which is out in Marina, the, yeah. the Oberoian Institute. And then, then I went operational and I did my first six months in Tala. Okay. Then I did, you were, everyone has to do a stint in headquarters in Tower Street, just on mm. Pier Street there. Because yeah. the control rooms there, you had to answer the phone, the emergency phone calls as well, your control room That's duties. the end of the emergency. Yeah. yeah. And then I spent seven years there and then eventually got transferred back to Tala. Did nearly 13 years in Tala again. Right. And can you remember your first... Um, first call. First call. Yeah. And yeah. What, what was it? It was a car on fire. Uh, Wasn't me. No. <laughs> it was a car on fire up Bonabrina. Okay. And I was like a headless chicken because I was only in the door and all the lads were relaxed because they were used to station life. But you had to come from this real military kind of yeah, yeah. environment. And it was like you didn't call anybody with a force names. It was sub officer, station officer. But everyone was on force name terms in the station. Yeah. And the bells went off and I was ah! panic. What do I do? Go, what do I do? Got to the fire and I get out and the station officer handed me the hose. Told him to stand back and you just like hope this thing goes out, like you know. Yeah, did it work? I went, I yeah, went yeah. that was my first call. Wow, that um, do you remember what your last call was? My very last call was a guy up on actually further up the same road. Oh, that's coming terrible, down from, terrible coming things. Down that's where I'm building up there. Yeah, coming down from the top of the road. I've borne a few cars out here. Yeah. <laughs> and At least it was, I know I have it was, to call. I was on the ambulance, it was a medical case. All oh, right, and uh, he'd come around the bend too hard on his bike and went over the barrier. Oh, bad. We caught the barrier. And uh, managed to amputate his arm from the elbow down and his leg from the knee down. Oh so my god! So it was, it was a, a dash to tell a hospital with him, his arm and his leg in plastic so bags. Did you basically. get them back on? No, no. But do you bring them just in case? Oh, you bring a them. Chance? Yeah, you bring them. And see, the thing is, it gets complicated. The amount of time, how it happened. If the plastic surgeon specialists are on, it was a Sunday afternoon, the plastics were only on in James and they're looking at how much time it is before it happens. And they're looking mm -hmm. at, well, first thing is you have to save him first. Yeah. You know, so. So did you have to lift up a leg mm -hmm. and an arm? Yeah. Separate to a body? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it just mental? Like, well, I, watch... I've, I've, I used to see dead body most likely once a week. Wow. I was going to say, like, in a yeah. job like that, it probably gets to a point where, like, it's just second nature for yeah. you. Uh, yeah, you just, you ha yeah. well, you had to detach and you got a very black sense of humour over it. Wow. Because if you didn't, you just go gaga. And that's what I'm saying, when I left, I, I eventually took myself to counselling because I was You'd mentally to, yeah. frazzled by the end of it. And it did have a burden, not the sole reason, but it did have a burden on, on how the marriage went south as well. Yeah. Because I was bringing all this stuff home. You were bringing all this trauma didn't, home. You didn't know how to deal with it and then you might have a real home saying, yeah, I'm not bleeding, bleeding, bleeding appreciated. You don't understand. Did you ever feel like the problems we have in our house are not actual problems. What I'm dealing with every day at work are real problems. Do you get me? There was a lot of that at times, yeah. yeah and, and, you, and, and only bred resentment then because yeah. you were resenting people even more. You'd go to something. And I mean, I remember my little fellow was only born, I think he was only about four months old. Yeah. And I had, at that stage, I was in the job a few years and I touched wood. Thankfully, I had never had a child fatality. But I got four in the space of five weeks. Four child fatalities? Four child fatalities in five weeks. Oh and the God. first one I got was... Next to stay over from here. There's a child choked on a piece of carrot 
first call oh the morning. And God. I remember there was a guy with us, it was his first day in the job, he was the recruit with us. And uh, what stuck in my mind was the little fellow was wearing the same clothes that my young fellow was wearing that morning, our dunce. Oh my God. And that haunted me for a long time. But we got like forward it's haunting me and I'm yeah. only hearing about it. Yeah. You know, it's just... But that job, like, I mean, you went from the ridiculously horrible to the ridiculously funny in the space, yeah. in the space of 10 minutes. Yeah. You know. I'm going to write a book someday because mm. some of the stuff... That's what I feel like. Obviously, it's not as severe, but with this podcast, it goes from hilarity to just absolute, absolute It's like a therapy in session. For, yeah. Like, it, it's it helping me so much. Like because, because when you talk to other people, then you realise, yeah. she's I'm not on my own here. And like, 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 like do you know I heard something to make you get through life, right? Do one thing every day that scares you a bit. Yeah. And every day I do this podcast, I shit myself a little bit. And then at the end of it, I have this lift. You're opening your soul. Yeah, and it's but it's more so that I'm getting other people to open yeah. their souls and people are actually doing it for yeah. me. And I'm like, who am I to be sitting here and hearing these stories, you know? like. Well, it was great because I listened to Dave Brown's one, the last the couple of ones you did ago. Yeah. And to me, like, I was a fan of Picture House back in the day. I yeah. followed them everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it was kind of, Dave was this untouchable the star, man, like, you man. know. And yeah. then we kind of, we don't pass cross paths a lot, but we're in the kind of same kind of circles. Yeah. And you listen to him bearing himself here yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's getting it's, vulnerable. It's, uh, yeah, it is. It's lovely, you know? isn't it? Yeah, it's great. And I think in this day and age now, we all, like, there are always talking about men need to be talking about their feelings yeah. and stop bottling stuff up. But yeah, they still are. But yeah. people like Dave Brown and yourself and the, all the other lads we've had on the podcast are fair, fair fucks. Fair bleeding fucks. It's about time. I watched more lads Power that I walked you. with. And I, I watched, what, seven firemen commit suicide. Watch, not watched them commit suicide, but was on the receiving end of seven firemen who commit Jesus suicide. Christ. Because they bottled all this up. Yeah. You know, and like back when I joined, there was no counselling. It was kind of go back and get a cup of tea and go to the next case. Yeah. You know, and oh, it was mad. gone. And it's only funny enough, 9 11 in the States was the changing point. Because what was it? 9/11. Oh, 9-11. Oh, yeah. That because hit. the FDNY then realised that all these guys were traumatised to hell. Yeah. And all this there was suicides, there was attempted suicide, there was ill health afterwards, and they thought, maybe we should start looking at this. And that was the kickstart and it spread global then. So what happened then? They, they, they started getting lads, they, Yeah, they started putting up proper counselling uh, sessions in place. I mean, the old days, it was kind of, in Dublin for every day, it was... Um, the senior guy was brought in, you, you had a chat with him if you wanted. Yeah. But he could have been just someone you didn't like. Then mm. it was they got a few people to do a one day course for a critical incident stress management, it was called. So they got them in, yeah. talked to them. But we just like calling the two he was in, get phone calls, a lad here after having a bad fatality, come in, have a chat with him. Yeah. Like they weren't fully qualified, but yeah, now and, it's but, gone full circle think, that they've, they've yeah. put proper programs I think every in place. single workplace should have like a counsellor or something in place for yeah. no matter what it is, obviously being a firefighter or like in an ambulance is so much more traumatising but some like for a different more fragile person yeah. something so sim simple could absolutely destroy them as opposed to you saying child fatality that's yeah. destroying you know that would destroy anybody but I'm talking about a, a softer person it doesn't take much to kind no, of it doesn't. cripple them and so that's what happened to us we got totally detached from it and you were nearly emotionless yeah and that came home to the family then and you were kind of I feel like that sometimes there was days I wasn't paying attention properly I'm now looking back I should be paying attention more to the kids. See what but, I said to you about the the whole like what happens in work, they're serious problems, yeah. and then what happens at home, they're minute problems. I am like guilty of being like that. But you're human. But no, like I mean, I am like so. If me and Mark are having a bit of a Barney, I'm just like this is not. I always say that's a non-problem. Yeah. And I do realize I shouldn't do that. 
Yeah. But what I'm comparing it to is the stuff that's going on in my head that is actually horrific or, yeah. you know, not this like, oh, I didn't give you a hug earlier. Yeah, you know, yeah. do you know? Just like, yeah. oh, that's not even No, I know what you're saying. I know but what you're saying. in my head, I'm like, I haven't got the time nor the effort to be dealing with this non-problem. But then in, in later, I've been talking to people about it and people are like, it's a non-problem to you, but it's a problem to him. Yeah. And you need to give that time. And I'm like, I'm trying now. I am trying. We're not perfect. I know, we're not perfect, but like, you know. Uh, I, I got so detached emotionally. I remember there was a woman came out from Trinity or somewhere doing a survey in the forest yeah. station about trauma and forest forest. And she, she was sitting down with us one day on stage just trying to ask you a few questions. She said, so what was the last bad case you're at? And was kind of, well, a guy jumped off an apartment block. And I said, but when he hit the ground, it was a grill over a car park. So he hit that. Oh my and God. You can probably picture the rest. And she was sitting there and she said, and when you were finished all that, what did you do? And I was going to, well, we come back and had dinner. Yeah, just went back to life. And you come back and like had a curry and I went, yeah. And she turned off her tape. She says, I, I can't publish this. She says, you guys are more traumatised than the Normandy vet, she said, on paper. And she says, how are you dealing with this? What counts did you get? So, well, we Nothing. don't. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. That's I've insane. Gone from a, I've gone from a guy blowing his own brains out to go and visit in a crash half an hour later. Oh, my God. You know? That's how you just, you just went with it. So yeah. that was all coming home to the family then, like, you know, yeah. which wasn't good, not healthy for them even. No. You know. But like even, how long are you, how long ago did you retire? Eight years ago. So even eight years out of it. Yeah. You're still carrying all that. Yeah. Still, and I still, I still look back, like, as I said. Do you ever get these flashbacks, like, oh, yeah. jump, or yeah. night terrors or anything like that? Four years it took me to sleep properly. Nightmares. Oh my God. Couldn't, couldn't, and even now, five hours sleep is a good night for me. Yeah. Still eight years on. Yeah. You well, know. five hours is not too bad. It's not too bad. Not too bad, no. But I still look at the kids now and you think back to maybe something that you did 10 years ago and you just feel so guilty about it. Yeah, you you're, you're, when you're You go through the whole, jeez, the marriage broke up, you had to deal with that, you were so young. And then this happened and that happened, you were so young and I didn't do this and I was narky that day and so on. So you're, you're, you're you regret, yourself. regretting how you yeah, parented yeah, that stack. Yeah. Well, come here. You can't do anything about it. No, like but, but, but in the same token, it's in the yeah, past. <laughs> in the same token, you've everyone said, "Oh, Jesus, you do more with your kids." Because yeah. the way my hours are now, yeah, they're hanging out with me all the time. Like, yeah, know? see, I, I want, I want that. Yeah, I just want to have more time with the kids, and I just feel like it's not on the horizon, and it's breaking me. Yeah, it's breaking me. That's why I keep moaning about work. I do. I love you know. You yeah. know, I love singing. Yeah. yeah, God, you know, yeah. I love it. And your little job isn't. I enjoy that. That's yeah. fine. It's just working from home, but um. I just, I feel so guilty just leaving the kids all the time. But then it's not like I'm leaving them. That means you, that's because you're a good parent. Yeah, I have uh, been hearing this. Boy, no, because uh, you didn't give a fiddle as you want. I'm a good one, I'm just not you'd a present the, one. You'd, you'd be the kind of, <laughs> the, the old ones back in the 70s and 80s when they went to the pub and there's a pack of crisps and a coke and they go off and entertain yourselves yeah. for the day, like, you know. So recently enough, right, this is off subject a little bit, it just came into my head talking about good parents. I won't say any names or anything. I won't give yeah. any details other than the scenario, right? I was, I was in a friend's house and she lives somewhere in Tallaght. Right. Wouldn't be the flashiest part yeah, of Tallaght. Yeah. Um, Most of it. <laughs> and we loads of kids out playing on the road and I went around to her house for a chipper and she's two little kids of her own and that's grand. But there's this little girl on the road who just got kind of left with my friend. Right. After her mother had left to go to work, she messaged her and says, oh, by the way. Yeah. So little things like that, but apparently this is an ongoing thing and loads of girls on the road get similar messages of this, but nobody has kind of pulled her up on it or yeah, yeah. said anything about it. And I only bared witness this this one time 
and I can't stop thinking about it. But what do you make of that? Like, I'd be the same as you. Well, like, what, what would you do? You see, if you went and approached the parents about it, you're probably going to get nowhere. Yeah. Because no, they, I, I, it's a weird know, one, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, and then if you go to the authorities, it opens with a big can of worms. But at the end of the day, you have to take the child's welfare. Yeah. You know, and that's first and foremost. Yeah. and Because like, the you, child you, hasn't got a choice. Yeah. Whereas the parents have. Exactly. You know. It's, it's so. just a matter of, it really rattled me the other day. And, um, I definitely, oh, I, I hope, definitely, I, I, I hope my friend me. doesn't mind me even saying this. <laughs> yeah. I didn't say any details. No, no, there, no. So it, it was me. I'd, I'd go and me personally. I'd probably go away and look at who I could speak to for professional advice. Oh, like, if there was an anonymous, an anonymous helpline thing now. There probably is a child line or yeah, something. Yeah, there should like be that, something yeah. like that yeah. to kind of get someone out. I don't know yeah. how it works, but um, so yeah, basically went on the, the the parent went to work or whatever and. My friend wasn't wasn't looking to be minding any other kids today because yeah. I was after arriving with well, mine and all that. And we were going to have a, a takeaway together yeah. and all and have, have a catch-up. But then that didn't happen and then the, the little child was starving. Yeah. So we ended up to feed the child and then just out of curiosity, we're like, oh, no, have you eaten anything? had a sausage roll or something for breakfast awesome. and this was at six o'clock in the evening yeah, yeah. or something like that. And I was just like, what is going on here? What's going on? And it was just... As yeah, I always say, it was heartbreaking. As I always say, you need a license to have a dog, but anyone can have a kid. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't matter how you treat them, then. Oh, like, you it's know? mental, isn't it? Right. Well, I just need to get off my chest anyway. But, sorry. But um, <laughs> so this thing's all about. Right. So then, tell us about why you went into early retirement from. That was a mixture of two things, and it was all medical based. First was um, I had a fall and walk <laughs> one night. I'm gonna get sorry. Yeah, okay. I had a fall and I felt something snap in my knee. Oh God. And I couldn't walk properly. Went to hospital. He said they thought there was ligament damage. So I was off sick with that. But that turned out to be in two years out of the job. And in those two years, they realised, they'd done MRIs of my knee and there was damage inside the knee and there was a degenerative condition on the femur. It was getting soft. The cartilage was gone. The meniscus was gone. And I had an operation on it and they told me when I came out of the operation, your man says to me, he says, you do a bit of running, you've run a few marathons. He says, well, there won't be any more. He said, your days are running. You can't even run for the bus. And he said, eh, as it stands, he says, you're too young for a knee replacement. Right. He said, your other knee is heading the same way. But he said, um, we won't give you that. He said, but there's not much else we can do other these gel injections. And he says, by the time you're 55, you're probably realistically looking at being in a wheelchair. Now, this was for me having a fall and walk to being the, the most active guy going on the planet. Right. <laughs> to waking up to this. And it was just... So, between two years of chasing up, there was follow-up operations. I was getting referred to... Um, the well at work crowd in the Friday was I fit to go back work and this, that and the other. And it was the first time I switched off downtime. Okay. And that's when the head just realised I started processing everything I'd been through in the last 19 years. And I was looking at just the doom and gloom of I can't run again, I can't train again, I'm going to be in a fucking wheelchair. Yeah. What am I going to do to um, processing all the other crap you deal with on a daily, daily basis? Yeah. I went to the pits of despair or you can call it depression call it whatever yeah, I was exactly in a is, horrible yeah. place yeah. and it was it was a horrible two years you were just um, being dealt a shit hand oh and yeah it's hard and, process. and it was it was um, I didn't know where I was going to go Yeah. and I was backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards and at the time I, I, I'm involved in martial arts since the, yeah. the, since the mid 80s I had a club in Blessington where I'm mm. living 
and had grown. We'd opened the kids' section and it was huge. And I was getting to the stage where we'd outgrown, we were in a parish hall, and I was saying that someday maybe I'd get premises and do it full time yeah. and try it. And I was trying to balance between that and the fire brigade. Mm. So two things fell into place. One was I wasn't in a position to, to do anything for two years. I was out of work for two years and I had a good lot, lot, lot of lads working with me that I says, well, let's see, can I get through this? And uh, still thinking I was going back to work, but I'll open this club on the side in a full-time premises and make some money from it. At least I've got an extra income coming yeah. in because I was out in sick pay. Back up plan. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, long story short, um, it was at the stage where I was doing a boxing orphan every two days for the pain in my leg. Jesus Christ. Uh, sleeping with pillows, couldn't get down the stairs properly, couldn't walk properly. And then nightmares from what we were dealing with. Can, then the, everything just came you crashing were just in. just smashed up inside. Big time. Inside Big time. and outside. <laughs> and two friends put me in, two diff in touch with two different people that changed my life entirely. One was a guy I knew who trained me, put me in touch with a counsellor. Okay. A guy called Luke Devlin, who's he's doing a whole program down in Mead now on men's health, and yeah. he's he's opened up a big thing for men's health. And I went to see him yeah. as a counsellor, and he was the first counsellor that I'd gone to. I tried a couple before who said to me, "We have to see if we click, because I'm not counselling if I don't get a five off you." Yeah. And I thought, okay, this is a bit different. Mm. And we just two of us hit it off, yeah. and we're lifelong friends ever since. Deadly, yeah. But he opened up the can of worms of everything going back to me dad dying, to the marriage breakup, to the job and I wasn't expecting that yeah. and he cut me down to bare bones things that you blacked out oh yeah Stu again, and yeah. then stuff and I just it was it was hell for two years and then another guy that was in the fire because at the time put me on this guy a sports injury specialist mm. who just practices from home yeah. and he says go and see this I've been to about 20 physios at this stage and they're all yeah. saying no hope no hope no hope and I went to see this guy Robbie Sheridan is his name okay. another lifelong friend now mm. and he looked at me he goes I can fix you. And I went, what? He says, it's going to take some time, but we can fix you. So I came back to the fire brigade. How did he know? How did he know? He, this guy, he's just... X-ray vision, you know? That's, uh, no, it's it's the son of Robbie. He's, he's just knows human anatomy inside out somewhere. He's done so many courses on this that if you went to him and you say, I've torn my hamstring. I'm going to get his number off you oh, after yeah. this because there's a few things. Yeah. You know. well, if you go to Robbie and you've, you've torn a hamstring yeah. and the first thing you're writing from the green and do ultrasound your hamstring or massage, he won't. He'll say, stand up there for a second and he'll look, he'll get you to walk and he'll go, hmm. It's like a modelling audition. And then he'll go, this hamstring is tight because there's an imbalance in your hip here and your back is out of place there and then right. you go through the whole lot and instead of treating here, you'll treat somewhere. But in a day, yeah. Everything's released. He just knows the anatomy inside of He goes to, what caused this? Not what happened. What caused it? So he said, he explained the whole thing that happened. He says, there's a procedure. He said, it's only new to the country. He said, but we, if I can get you into this, we'll fix you. So it was grand. So in the meantime, I was sent back to the fire brigade. They made a call. said, look, you can't stand for more than 20 minutes. You're in agony. You can't sit for more than 20 minutes. You're in agony. You can't go back for a fight. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't be on the arms. You can't be lifting, carrying stretchers. We can't put you in the control room answering calls because you can't sit down, you're in bits. You can't walk in the <laughs> You're workshop. useless to us, Lenny. So basically, scratch We don't need head. you anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, that was it. And so she said to me the time, she said, you have 19 years done. She said, uh, you worked in adult education. She said, the company you were with was affiliated to the Eastern Health Board. I went, yeah, that's right. You have five years with them. She says, you know you can combine your service and you can go 24 years there. You can go a year early if you want to go in full retirement, early retirement, you want to take it. There's an option to you. Absolutely. And I was like that. Yeah, I'm out of here. It's like a serious redundancy. Now. Yeah. He's like, is it? Bye. <laughs> it's just, and it was gone. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it. It wasn't. Perfect. And if you would have asked me two years earlier about leaving the fire brigade, I said, no, I'm there for life. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. But when it all, when the dust it's settled. It's matter how you loved it, but yeah. it was so traumatised. When the dust settled, 
and I realised how much was involved in all previous trauma, that this was just heaped on top of it. I said, no, I'm out of here. Yeah. So A correct choice. Yeah. So I kept the counselling sessions with Luke, went to Robbie, he was doing treatment on me, and he said, I'm honest, we're afraid to a guy in town, uh, a procedure called prolotherapy. Long story short, it's a stem cell treatment. It tricks the brain and thinks it's been in a massive accident and it regrows cartilage and bone and so on. Oh, yeah, yeah. I went for that, and the first day I had it, and... and I thought this is hocus pocus. Day later, I got up, no pain, no painkillers, full night's sleep. Got down the stairs, and wow. basically that was eight years ago. I go to him every three months for a twenty-minute procedure. It's like putting a GHD on your leg. It's yeah. a laser treatment, and it just tops it up. And I went from a bone that was receding to full bone regeneration, to back to a. I've since then I've run. I'm running him out every year. What's his name? One more time. Pat Leahy is, is the guy who does the prolotherapy, okay. and Robbie Sheridan is the guy who's the sports team. Take no people. We all need a bit of that in our life because we're <laughs> the all. The thing with Robbie is Robbie up. is so popular, he's impossible to get in to see. But, but if you know I'm, me, I'm I can refer like, you. I can, get, yeah. I can get you in the back door. No, do you know what? I have I have serious <laughs> issues with my wrists. Right. So I went to a guy. He's actually brilliant as well in muscle matters. Right. Stuart yeah. is his name. Is Don't know him now. Yeah. About five years ago, I thought I was getting carpal tunnel. Carpal syndrome. Yeah. I was getting really bad, and I just couldn't do anything with my right hand. But he did the same like ultrasound kind of machine yeah. on it, and like this, he was up at my shoulder. So whatever it was, it was from my thumb to my shoulder. Right. The same muscle or I don't know yeah. but he's pressing something up here and I was getting pain down yeah. my hand so that's the whole so anatomy thing yeah, where it's yeah, like yeah. but um, like you said it got worse before it got better Yeah. so it was really bad then I went to him and then afterwards I was in agony for about two weeks and then it was gone Yeah. My, my but the only thing is my wrists are still so weak Right. so I started doing yoga lately mm-hmm. and I, I was struggling with my wrists yeah, yeah. and the rest of me is grand like strong so I would love to see if I a genius. I started. call him God. Yeah, this it's amazing. And I've like, sent more people. I spent, I, I must have sent a dozen, two dozen people. It's like lures. Yeah, but people have been told, <laughs> people have been told there's no hope, you need surgery for this. And he's gone, no. And like I, I ran the Edinburgh American back in May with two pals of mine. One of them was, was knocked down by a car at running five years ago and was nearly killed. He's in a coma for months. Jeez. woman had a seizure behind the wheel and lost consciousness and took him out from behind in a, in a four-wheel drive in the Blessing Jesus Road. Christ. But uh, he was told he'd now go and need 10 or 15 operations. He went to Robbie Rock and said, no, stop, do this. He ran the Edinburgh Merton back in May. Jesus like, you know? Christ. So, but, well, that's, um, that's, so all of this piled in on top of stepkid, own kids. Right, so yeah, I want to get to, yeah. I want to get to them when your marriage yeah. ended. Right. So, what happened there with the, the kids? Because one was a stepchild. Yeah, well, and and so she was technically a stepchild, okay. but she, she's only ever been mine. But you know. the who who did she stay with? And um, well, at the time, see, I I bought me house first, okay, out in Blessington, yeah, and then Fiona, the ex, and my daughter Courtney, they moved in with me, okay, and then when it all went south, I moved out to me mass, okay. And she stayed in the house. And okay. in fairness, I mean, look, marriage breakups are shit. But, That's normally the way it goes, though. But in fairness to the ex as well, we always, from day one, we said, look, we've, we've, we have our differences, but the kids will always be forced. Yeah. And we always, there's never been a row over money. I mean, we, there was even one year, there was me and Eva, my present fiance, and Fiona, and the kids were all in Disneyland together. Yeah. You know, this remember, is what we're all about you know, here now. And this. I remember, and, and still to this day, on Christmas Day, when we go to my mum's, the ex was still come as well because yeah. my mum's, well, she's the mother of my grandchildren. And yeah. me, now, look, we're here and it brings its own tensions, I'm sure, you know, and, and mm. I'm sure it's never easy for Aoife because she was the other woman to come into my life, yeah. taking on all these kids. That was, she had three kids thrown at her. Yeah. You know, yeah. On top it's of like, all it's that. It's like what I went through only 
tenfold. Yeah. You know, you know. so. But I, mean, I, I remember understand. sitting in the airport going to, to Disneyland in Paris and there was a fella who'd done, um, Niall Brennan, he, he runs a company called Moon Dance Productions. He'd done, remember the series on the zoo that he had on RTA about all the zoo and there was another one oh, on oh. the Phoenix Park and all this. But he, he actually did one with firefighters. He was out on the road with us. Yeah. And I got to know him well. I remember meeting, he was off to South America for the zoo to film orangutans or something. And he met me, he said, where are you off to? And uh, Aoife was standing on one side of me and Fiona was behind me. I said, I'm going to Disneyland. And he, and I, who are you going with? And well, well, this is Eve. And he was, and this, and this kind of, how do you even start to explain yeah. this? Like, <laughs> Floor, f- swallow me. Ground, swallow me at now. That stage, I, at that stage, I had the divorce hadn't come through. So like, this is my partner and this is my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Good man, Len. Good He's man. Fair play. What the hell do you say to this? Like, you know. Great, but you have to, you have to remember now it's, this is all. This podcast is all about normalising that. Yeah. People shouldn't find that weird. People shouldn't find that no, unusual I'm, because yeah. nearly all of us in this room went through something similar. Yeah. I know? know, and yes, I, I see so more people like killed each common. other through through divorces and breakups. And, I know. You know, pointless. But I think my kids probably got the better life out of great life. The two houses, best of both worlds. Like, and we even live still live in the same house in the state. Yeah. As as the like I'm. 200 metres from where my ex lives. Oh, so you live in our house in Blessing We well. rent a house in the same estate where I bought the house. Yeah, I'll So they much. literally walk across the green. It's all from back. Yeah. Grandson floats between the two houses. Perfect. You know, Perfect. You know, and, and it's, you know, in the, in the end, it was, it was it was all done amicably. The divorce went through and contested and the yeah. house was sorted and so on. Yeah. So, so everybody you know, got looked after so, in the yeah, end. Yeah, in the end. Like, Which is rare. It had its roller coasters. Oh, under, under, no, under no doubt, like, you know. Yeah. Oh, well but, um, so yeah, I, I I moved back to my mum's for a good while. Now it'd be kind of even prior to when it when it broke up, there was nights where I was kind of saying me living in my mum's house for a good while. I was living we had the attic converted in, bless. I was living in the we were kind of living together but separated even in the house. But yeah, yeah. For the kids' point of view, we were still there together. Yeah. So my mum's then I I got a house. Out. How did you find that? Weird as hell. Yeah, like you I know, know it a lot. Of people and it was I torture still. being away with the kids and being and to me it was like. That was my house. No, but I mean, when you were still living in the house. Right, old, old, you, under the same roof. Under the same roof, yeah. but not together. Well, from me, personally, I don't know about the ex, for me personally, I had given up on things a long time before the, yeah, the yeah. shit hit the fan. Yeah. So I kind of dealt with it a lot in my own head. But did it, like, you did you not find it so mad having to see that person every day? It was, but see, the fact that I was on shift work so much with the fire I was out so much. Like, it was, yeah. Our shift was two days and one night, one week, and you're three days off, yeah. and it was one day and two nights. So half of every week you were, you were out there's of the house so anyway. Much, there's so much of that still going on today where people yeah, live, under, live in the same roof. Play, they nearly play, play, the, yeah. play the, yeah. the part of husband and wife, but they have, they're not part of each other's lives at no. all, and they're in separate bedrooms. Yeah. They don't speak to each other in the house, and... Like, that's just madness to me. Yeah. But, like, obviously there's situations where you've nowhere else to go. Well, like, that's it. Like, yeah, rental so, markets nowadays. Yeah, Jesus nowadays, Christ. yeah. But, <laughs> like, even the whole keeping up appearances thing, though. Yeah. I don't understand that. No. Let the world know. You're only together. miserable. To say, we're not together. We can't afford to get a house each, so we're just going to tolerate each other enough yeah. to live here. So, but, that, like, imagine trying to keep that facade yeah, oh, that is mental, like Jesus Christ, boy. Anyway, carrying on. Yeah. <laughs> so you have two sons. Yeah, Andrew and, and Shane. Stepdaughter, so Courtney, Andrew, Shane, yeah. right? Then the marriage ended. How long yeah. after the marriage ended did you meet the lovely Aoife? Well, I met Aoife. Just, how did you meet her? We, Aoife came, and you think about this, Aoife came for an audition for the band. <laughs> I was in a band. Well, she'll do. I was in the band at the time. We were, we were an 80s rock tribute band. Okay. Called the Spectrums. And we brought Lycra. 
Fucking mullet, mullet wigs. I used to beat myself into a size 10 women's jeans to get on stage. Like, oh, for now, God's sake. I'm not a small man <laughs> by any means. I'm a size 10. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and there was a girl with us at the time. And um, I won't name her name because I know you probably know her. And she's she's still on the music circuit at the time. <laughs> so I won't say The face just goes inside out. Whenever people talk to someone I know. Off oh, God, okay. But it just wasn't working out. And in fairness, now, without being too cruel of her, she was a bit naive in performing in live bands. She had been in a setup. Uh, uh, sort of in the UK or the States where she'd been in a girl group and it was all choreographed and it was all pre-programmed what she yeah. did and so on and now she was expected to front the it's band it's a completely different she was fronting the band dynamic, with four yeah. other lads like yeah. who had been gigging for years so mm. it was a huge ask and it just it just wasn't working out yeah. so we had a break of about four weeks between gigs it was in January when it was quiet mm. and we just looked we kind of parted well I thought we parted amicably but when I look back we probably didn't we were probably a bit nasty we probably a bit nasty I'm dying to get the tea on this now some hot tea coming she still has a microphone belonging to me actually I want my microphone back but anyway um, we parted ways and we started just right we'll audition for another female singer because I'd been in other bands where I was fronting the band but it was kind of you know I didn't want to front the band anymore and you know, people prefer female singer in front yeah. you know so on and so forth it's nice to tag team it as well yeah exactly which, which we do now which is great mm. but um, so we started auditioning people and the bass player was living in Castlenock at the time yeah Blanchettown Castlenock kind of between the two he'd probably say Castlenock I'd say Blanchettown yeah. but we were getting people to come over on a Sunday evening to audition 20 minutes each over in his place yeah and this particular Sunday I think we 11 girls in and it was just, it was like people rounded up the weirdest, worst, divas to alcoholics to couldn't <laughs> sing to. And they all came one after another. I was there after all of them. No. One came in with a bottle of brandy and a bottle of uh, Baileys. And she says, if I need to hit a high note, I take a swig of brandy. If I need a low note, I take a swig of Baileys. Oh, for fuck's <laughs> sake. I hope you remember the name of that from Robin Wake as well. And another one came in and I had sent the set list and keys through. was just, look, this is what we're doing. Have a listen to this. Another one came in with a folder the size of a phone book. Uh, this is my rep. What can you play from that? And stuff like this. And I was kind of... Uh. So we get, got through them all and there was one left. And I said to John, the bass player, I says, who's left? He says that there's one girl left. I says, who is she? He says, well, I don't know. He says, um, she's a friend of a friend that I used to play with. Um, do you know Katie from the Rat Singers? Katie Hills. Katie no. Kilbride. She would have Podge plays keys a lot. Her husband, Podge Kilbride. I know Podge. Yeah, with her, Podge, his yeah. wife. She would have been singing a lot at the time. And right, right. Her and Aoife were in the Gardner Street Gospel Choir together. Yeah. So John rang Kate at the time. He didn't know. She was already out with the band. And yeah. he said, well, do you know anyone? He said, well, I know someone in my friend of mine just finished with the band. So she got Aoife and looked this fella you used to know is looking for a singer band are you interested in the audition Eve was kind of I'm sure we'll go along for the crack yeah so it was in January pitch dark on a Sunday night she drove followed Katie out to the Bell Pub in Blanchestown right and we were waiting in the car park and mm. she got out and Katie says yeah that's them Katie getting and drove off so she's two strange men who said follow us and she got in the car and followed two strange men to a house in Blanchetown, which was me and John. Oh, my now, when God. She when she told her mother, her mother was Nowadays, did, did you couldn't do that. And I wouldn't mind, but John fancied himself as a bit of an artist and he used to paint. John probably thought he had her in the back. Oh, jeez. Now, John was well married, happy <laughs> married. But uh, he used to paint and he, this pride place was this paint note the fireplace. It was yeah. a silhouette of a guy after hanging himself from a tree. A Jesus a Christ, sundown. John, come so on. So Aoife walks in the door Two strange men and there's pictures dun, on the wall. What kind of band I is know. this? <laughs> and I used to John says, where is she coming from? By the way, she's coming from Mass. And I was kind of, 
Right, okay, she's coming from Mass. I'm not religious at all. <laughs> oh, she was like, singing you know. at Mass, was she? Yeah, she was singing at Mass. Oh, right. And I was, I was thinking, that's it, we're just going so far, peace, screw this. Yeah. So she come in and uh, I handed a set list. She says, well, she just went, I, I didn't really go through this, but I kind of know this and I kind of know that. And says, okay, let's try something. So I think the fourth song, she did There She Goes by the Lass. Yeah. And she did Summer 69, not two right. classics. Like, yeah. You know? And uh, straight away, I said, she can sing. Yeah. You know? And uh, romance wasn't on the cards because I was at the just coming through the whole. That wasn't on the was, mind. No, and at that stage the marriage was only starting to go. Oh, you were really still in. Bad. I was, but it was at the coming to the yeah, very okay, end, yeah, of, yeah. the very very end of it. And uh, she sang, and I thought she went off anyway. We said to, to band meeting. Yeah, and what do you think? Yeah, it has to be horse. So I rang the next day. Grant, she joined the band, and we're in the space of about a year. We just became best pals. Yeah, we just got each other. Yeah, you know. No, I'd gone, I went through the marriage break. She's so lovely. Soon after. She, ah, she just, made a boat with you there because yeah. I only kind of met you as over in the last couple of years. Would have yeah, been around the, the, the there. Yeah, for forced the Rita, Rita gig. gig. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I'm very fond of you. Know. Just so you know. Famous marriage. That's why we're here. That's <laughs> yeah. why we're here. But uh, we just hit it off as best pals and we were best. And to this day, like, it's, I don't think, with the exception of about a week, when after I came out of Firebeat, I don't think we spent a night apart Aww. since. I was away in a training camp in Thailand last year at martial arts, and that's the only time we spent a night apart, really, apart from when I was on shift work. So cute. You know. Very cute. You know. Ah, <laughs> uh, do you love her? Ah, oh, yeah. you love her. Should she she we get married next week? I know. It's only got engaged last year, was it? Yeah, last November in New York. In New York. I knew it was somewhere fancy. I'm trying to remember. I had to ask her three times. Oh, really? Oh. She got such a fright. Oh, sorry, man. New York was the tour. No, no. No, New York was the tour. No. I brought no, to we, Vegas. No, we, 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 we talked about it, and it was kind of, we knew, we kind of agreed, look, it's, we're going to get married someday, yeah. you know. But then, I mean, even she she had a the ring that she she wanted to get designed. We got designed and made the Dublin Diamond Factory. So the ring and all was got. There's no proposal to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we were going, we had a trip booked to New York from before the lockdown. Yeah. And our niece had never been to New York. And Ethan and our niece be quite close. She lives in the UK. Yeah. So we said, we bring Abby with us. Mm. So uh, this was it finally after COVID the lockdown. We get back to New York. But the... You've been to New York, have you? No, no. I, have you not? I haven't been to New York. Oh, right. People are over. Hey, I fell in love with it. I love it. No, I was I'd over know, there. I'd know I'd love it, yeah. but um, building that gaff now, right so now, it's yeah. not on the cards and for the next 10, 15 years. It's not years. a cheap place. But I'd been over and back just on, on like by myself, and I'd been over and back with the fire brigade, the yeah. lads in New York for service. And I loved the place, but it's a place, the Rockefeller Center, everyone goes to the Empire State Building. Yeah. But the Rockefeller Center is where NBC, NBC Studios are and, and yeah. Saturday Night there. Saturday Night Live is broadcasted but you can go up the top of that and the views are just Amazing. much better yeah. and you're looking at the Empire State Building but the two of us I brought her there the first time we went to New York I showed her there and she just fell in love with the place so we were going there the first night we got to New York and I had the ring in my pocket nah. and this is right doing it now Did you get some of the video in? Funny enough it wasn't planned and Abby was torn to take a photograph of the New York skyline just as I got down on one knee and so she snapped me down on one knee A picture? Yeah and nah, it wasn't intended lovely. It wasn't intended really so when I asked, there was lots of flapping the hands and crying, and this uh. is actually happening. <laughs> oh, that rings lovely. And I haven't I, seen that before. Abby, Abby, <laughs> shared, Abby actually shouted out, wait, what? No, you're fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> and then Lord. I was still down on one knee. I said, are you going to give me an answer? And she was still crying. And I said, eventually I said, is that is yes or no? And I was going, yes. <laughs> I'm delighted so for it. I'm actually getting teary now. I, I used to be like very opposed to marriage. And in the last, since Milo came along, I, I actually don't hate the idea anymore. Yeah. So when, when people talk. When you find like, the right person. I get welled up. No, when you find the right person. I'm, I'm nearly 10 years. 
It's only since the kid came. Yeah, but maybe the sun, get... maybe my loss me right Yeah, first. but you probably get now. Well, it's about time the pressure you get from people. I know, I've not, I've nothing like that. I've, you know? I've, I don't have that kind of, I don't have that want to get married, yeah. but I think, oh, it might be nice now. Yeah. I'm not like, oh, when's he going to do this? Not fine you get people... I don't think we're going to get engaged or anything. I think when we have the money here, we'll just get married. Yeah. I don't think I'll go do the steps or like engage and uh, plan. Oh, no, that's for that's for, like we got engaged in November and we'll be married before our first anniversary of an engagement. Yeah. Like, you know, Where are you having your wedding? Lanzarote. Oh, I Well, we know, going... in fairness, we're greedy to do it twice because because we're not residents of Lanzarote, we right. have to get the legal side done here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, four weeks' time, we're getting done here in Down So, you'll be officially in, married in yeah, time, in, but in then four you... weeks. Four weeks, yeah, yeah, yeah. Down in Fallon's in, in uh, Kilcullen. There's, ah. there's a little room at the back. It's like the old medieval store, isn't it? So, doing that. And Just a handful then, yeah. of people there. Yeah, well, we're going to have a party after there's people come down to it. After. Milking it, Lenny. But, uh, He's milking it. And then when we come me, over, lads, right, I'm going to have like, I'm not going to get like a gas club <laughs> and invite everyone I know, all but, the people who I couldn't have on the list, you know. But to me, <laughs> to me, it won't feel, although I'll be legally married that day, it won't feel right to be doing that because that's right, it's our second home. It's the performing. It's, yeah, it's the performer it's, in you. Well, probably so. You have to have, to have the stage, you have to have a big audience. And we love it. We go over there if we can two or three times a year. Yeah. friends over there, musicians, a few people that own bars and so on. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's always said if it wouldn't a lot would buy a place over there and it flow between yeah, the lot, two. Yeah, a lot of people know. end up I retiring found, we, over there. We, we fell in love with the place. Would you just retire like, over there? Yeah. 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 I don't know where to stay there because I'm a bit, very much a home board whether it's stay there full time, I don't and know. You can also come back But it flow backwards and forwards, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. That's that's the plan Sunday. Because the kids have gone that bit older and not as dependent but they'd probably follow me because yeah. like, we were over there in July and my two boys were with me and mm. Shane's a drummer now as well. Well, and he was up jumping up on stage performing. Another drummer in the world. People keep saying, Oh, Milo, he's going to be a drummer. It's like, He's not allowed to be a drummer. There's enough drummers in my family, <laughs> and I can't get any of them a gig. Are you serious? <laughs> oh, Shane has it all plotted. No, out. I just this, think this, drum, this, there's this. loads of drummers out there yeah. that haven't got enough gigs. I know. So yeah. if they add Milo into the mix now, he comes number one, I though. want him to be <laughs> piano player. Right. Because I can never find myself a piano player. Yeah. I'm always every week I'm chasing a piano player. You and Ferguson's phone hopping off the oh, wall. Stop. No, like he's on the list. He gets a show, like you know. But I always know if he's out because I know the girls he sings with. And yeah, all, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I'm always like, right, here's me first couple of people I'd ring and there, and then you're like running around and everyone's gone, and then you always find someone random, and it's yeah. like there's another person on the list. <laughs> but uh, it's it's never as easy as finding a drummer. No. Someone's cutting the Someone's grass cutting out grass there. Yeah. Will you cut mine? But, uh, I actually paid uh, a load of young fellas a tenner there yesterday to cut me grass. I was like, that's one thing ticked off the list. <laughs> but I said, knock back every week, will you? <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so I just wanted to touch You're on... You're talking about meet Aoife. Are you going to No, yeah, I'm going to yeah. touch still on Aoife. Aoife, how did she find taking on the three kids with you? Like, it you know? was a lot. And at the start, there was a lot of hesitancy from the ex to let her be involved. Yeah, okay. There was a hell of a lot. Yeah. So, and that was difficult because I was still working shift work and uh, like rather than them coming to, we certainly weren't living together at first, so yeah. I was floating between my mass. Then I had a place out in Valley Mount, a little place out there. Valley Mount. And it was only when we, I moved to Manic Bride and then Aoife moved in with me, just like two years later. Yeah. That they started being let come to stay with us. Yeah. Because it was the, finally the, the ex was kind of, okay, this looks like it's going to be a bit long yeah. term. And she protected. It was raw. Yeah, raw. And, she, and it was raw, but she was also, to in fairness to her, she, she, I suppose from her point of view, she didn't want the kids, like, here's the mother figure one week, and if it didn't work out with me and Eva, a few months later, there's someone else. And yeah. even when she's had another partner since, it was very long time before she'd let him stay or yeah. spend long time with the so kids. She, so she, she did a, follow suit. Yeah, she it was, it was a protective us. thing, I suppose. Yeah. But um, 
so it was really hard for Eva earlier on, early yeah. on, because there was times I was going to spend times with kids and she couldn't be there, and yeah, they put a strain on on, on us. At I went through exactly really the same thing, like, so you I know, completely relief. But and there was well, times it takes strength to get through it that. It does, and, and it, it takes a certain type of person to get yeah. through that and wait for the sunshine to come and yeah. for it to get easy. And the first to her, like I mean, she has gone through the roller coaster with me all the way to the lows of being in the lowest pits of despair. Yeah, to to coming out of where we get to picking up a guy who had a young, really young son, a, a, a toddler of a son and a daughter as three kids to take on that yeah. she wasn't allowed near for so long. Yeah. To now that they're part of the wallpaper, like, it's you know, amazing, they're yeah. drinking buddies now, like, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's lovely. And uh, so for her, I, I can't commend her enough for her patience and obviously the fact that she obviously loves me and them so much, like, you know, that she, so, she puts up with that. So basically you got a good one there. You got the best, the best. Hit the, hit the, the jackpot. jackpot. Hit the jackpot. <laughs> so give us a bit of advice for a young fella. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to start doing this now. Uh, most situations, I'm going to try to come in advice section, yeah. right? So give us advice for like a young guy going through a breakup with kids and moving into a next relationship. Yeah. Like give him advice on how to crossfade into that. It's different. Well, first of all, kids always come first. Yeah. And your new partner has to be willing to not say accept it but understand it yeah. and it's particularly hard okay fair enough if the other partner happens to be a parent they'll get it a lot yeah, more if they're not it's harder to it's harder when you're not a parent mm. I, I, now I'm only presuming that but I think it is no it's very hard because yeah. much harder like we said you feel when you see your first child for the first time something comes over yeah. you and that person has never experienced that, so they don't yeah. have that armor yeah. that we are talking about. Yeah. They're all they care about is themselves up yeah. until this point. And and they want to be there for you, and they want to be part of kids' lives. Yeah. And they probably have the best intentions ever. Yeah. But the other partner is always going to be that bit. There's another person who owns these kids. The evil stepmother coming in, or the evil stepfather yeah. coming in, like that. Yeah. You know, that's that's what they're afraid of. Yeah. But I suppose kids forced, then let you the, the new partner now look at this is going to take a bit of time. Yeah. If you can, and this is this the hard bloody part, if you can get the two sides to talk to each other. Yeah, huge. And lay just look. And at first, Aoife came out and she turned to Fiona at the time when we did when she did get to meet me. She says, "I'm not here to parent the kids. You know, you're the other mother and he's the father. Yeah. You know, and yeah, in fairness, she's always and there's times like you know kids be acting to go and the shit might hit the fan a bit and, and Eve will step in and you have to but you have to, she'll yeah. always turn around at the end of the day and say well no it's time she'll step back and say I well, can't, no, I actually, can't go that far yeah, the, yeah you know this is not my axe to grind and high to respect her for yeah. that like you know but yeah communication's key yeah absolutely and otherwise it's only going to bend up banging heads and it's not about winning one-upmanship like I get one over in him or get one over in yeah, her it's not a competition if they do that you're going to lose it's not a competition and your kids will suffer in the middle of both it if, if you think it's competition you're about ending up the same prize and the prize is however your kids turn out yeah. you know so yeah. at the end of the day you're going to share the prize so you might as well share the yeah. what the experience of but you have to be willing yourself then if your ex ends up with another guy you have to be able to take that yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's, because, yeah. and it happened me, not, I didn't have the green eyed monster. I think men but kind of struggle with it they sometimes do. a bit more well, than women. And I'll say that hands on heart because um, Fiona, was, she was a couple of partners over the years, but then she was with a guy for a long time. They split up a while ago. Mm. She came out of blue. But um, he was with them and then he moved in. Yeah. And at that stage, 
the whole situation of house ownership hadn't been sorted. Yeah. And it was it was it was a sticking point with me because I'd bought that house before I even met her. So it was my house. Your home, yeah. It was my house, my home. And then this guy is living in it. Oh, sorry, ouch, that horse. He's made living it. in it with my kids and I'm still paying half oh. the mortgage. I'm still paying half the mortgage. And that was kinda no. I, cu- I couldn't get my head around it. I'm sorry, this. I that made me want to get sick of me on you this. And it was it was kind yeah, of it was really hard that's to deal tough. with. So you're paying for someone to have a lovely life, basically, yeah. and you're sitting here. Yeah. Oh, why why is this happening? And I'm there going, I haven't a pot to piss in because I'm paying maintenance, I'm paying half a mortgage, I'm paying rent, I'm paying this, and yeah, he's sitting there on cloud nine, like. Oh my god, this is probably why I'm so afraid of marriage. This is because if marriage wasn't involved in this, then the house would be yours, wouldn't it? Yeah, would have still yeah, been mine. So yeah, there, yeah. there wouldn't have been this issue. So this is. And I would have had my mortgage paid off by next year. Yeah. Oh gosh! Now I'm in the rental market. Jesus I'm stuck Christ! In the rental market, like you know. So yeah, the, don't rush into marriage, folks. But that was the next thing. <clears throat> Never rush into it. Never. Like rush I into was, it. well, I was thirty, nearly thirty-one, getting married. Yeah. And I wouldn't you do. Were, it. I wouldn't do. I wouldn't I'm do forty-two, it. and I'm still yeah, shitting. I, I wouldn't yeah. do it before that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was yeah. a young, young, and uh, she's. So you've been there as well. She's she's exactly where you are now, yeah. but. She hasn't got engaged again yet. Hasn't got divorced yet. Sorry. Well, my 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 divorce took fifteen years to get through eventually. Jesus Christ! Because there was a lot of of banging heads for a long time, and then it was just pushed aside. Let's get the kids sorted. Yeah. And then it was eventually okay. We need to get this sorted. Yeah. And the last stumbling was the house, but we eventually we came to it. Yeah. In agreement on it, and it was all signed a seal, uncontested, just in signed the paper. You're here. You're Done. here telling the tale, standing, still smiling. <laughs> still there. You, now, you made now, it. You made it through the yeah, shitstorm. You know I what I mean? It's amazing. But I had to say now, I said that's me seven the starts off as friends, but when when it did develop forward, I knew straight away. It was like steamrolled. Yeah. This is what this, they, is, it. this is what they were talking about. Yeah, this is Because me, me and Ma always said to me, when you know, you know. Yeah. And I thought but I the knew. the thing is, I, I, I thought I knew loads of times. Yeah. You know, and to be honest, there, there was like probably a couple of them that I could have made work, you know, if I, you know. Yeah. Squinted the eyes. Squinted the eyes. Looked like. Shouldn't have to make. But thing is, now with Mark, like all his flaws are laid out on the table. Yeah. I know them all. There's no surprises. Yeah. You know what I mean? Irritates me all the time, but still love him. Still yeah. mad about him. Don't want to not be. Don't want to not have him. Yeah. Whereas in previous relationships, I was sometimes looking of ways. How could I get out of this? Yeah. Looking for mischievous ways to get out of it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. trying, to be, trying right. to be crafty. Yeah. Whereas in this way, if if something goes rocky with me and Mark, I'm like, how do I stay in this? Yeah. Because there's nothing in me that wants to not be in that relationship. I'm the same. It's amazing. I, I get up. I get up. A, Monday to Friday, I'm up at five in the morning. Because mm. I've my own business now. I've, I've a martial arts gym and and we t- I teach martial arts full time. And in the mornings I do a half hour boot camp kind of class for people yeah. before they go to work. So I'm up at half five, and if it gets up at half seven. Yeah. So I have our breakfast and our lunch made for every day. Uh, Mark, take notes, Mark. <laughs> and on Saturday mornings, she's up at seven. I wake up at six anyway. Yeah. So I get up and I do the breakfast and lunch. But I'd feel bad if I didn't because it's just, it goes some way. Did you hear that, Mark? He said work. he'd feel bad. <laughs> Mark, now take, we're going to say each, all the fellas are on this podcast. Make your Shut women. Shut that fella up now. <laughs> make your up. women brekkie, right? <laughs> and then, <laughs> that should be the rules, right? Should be, the men make the brekkie, women make the dinner, or vice versa. You know what no, I mean? Like, down share the I'm a feeder now because I do all the bloody cooking. Mark, but not, but not, not out of. I'm, I'm a big fan of Monica no. Bright. <laughs> And I won't be living too far from there now. Still enough, still now, so. Yeah, I'm still. I'm, you're I'm, welcome down the road. I'm good pal in the scorn, you know. Yeah, you're on your yeah, stone 10 minutes away. You do the Sunday roast? No, we, we always go out on a Sunday for some right, So, what day do you make the big, big dinner? 
every day. Right, so what day am I invited <laughs> on a weekly basis? Any time you want, come up. Me, the you kids, me me, now, I bring the, bring up, the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> you just tell me, is there something people don't eat and I'll make sure. Because well, I think when I live in the country, when I live in the country now, when I end up living in the country now, next year or so, I think I'm just going to be that type of person and I'm going to be like, ah, do you know, a day out was going to someone else's house for dinner and you know, oh, well, what no, you have on your doorstep where you're moving yeah. is just, oh, it's in, you've done the blessing in Greenway. I haven't done anything. Oh, no, you have to be no, talking about that. We're we're talking about that so yeah, you're on it's, the road 10 yeah. minutes away. Oh, I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Lenny, right, we'll reel it up. Or is that what you say? Reel it in. I reel my neck in. Round it up. Round up. Whatever you want. I'm like, I round it up. I'm not on a time limit, so whenever as much as you want. How long are we doing? 74 minutes. Yeah, we're flying along, yes, because we talked about um, delivering babies for about half an hour. <laughs> yeah, the icebreakers are about 25 minutes. David, the icebreakers, right, So, yeah. the usual, right, the yeah. whole, we finish up with a song, right? Right. One's like, you're, you're brilliant, Lenny. However, you're still standing and smiling, happy out and getting on. And proposing in a lovely setting and all that. Men don't have that in them. You have a gift. I don't know. You do. I, I'm not you're, you're a big softy. I am. That's what it is. I am. Look, I'm a small bloke, and me, me business now was combat sports, and I'll get in the ring, I'll fight with people, and we're over fighting in Thailand last year. Yeah. But I'm the softest. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big softy. I am. A big I thought softy. that the first time I met you because you were just so nice, and I was like, ah. No. The personality is very different to when you meet you. You think I'm like, Ari. What's the <laughs> no, story? And, but he's not like that at all. Look, I'm okay here now because I, I kind of. Gotten to know you over the last couple of years. Yeah. You put me in a room full of people. I get up on the stage. I get up on the stage and I'll sing and I'll whatever. Put me sitting down in the room at the party. I'm Shy. in the corner and I'll wait and just. Mark's like that I'm as well. Really yeah, like Mark And I remember himself. one of the first parties I went to. If it was a Halloween fancy dress party, I knew nobody. Yeah. And I went in the dark. It's just please don't leave me. Yeah, Mark says that to me all the time. And do you know what I do? Within thirty seconds, she, she was gone. I'm yeah, you have right to on. learn. You have to learn. I get like that even yeah. when I know the people. Like, yeah. Don't yeah. leave me with the <laughs> no. See, the thing is, right? The thing is. As much as you want your partner to be there and mind you, they're not your crutch. No, you need not. to learn to do that for yourself. And I, I'll be brutal in that situation. I'll be like, no. Boy, I'll hand the hearts. I'm, well, I'm, I'm there for that. you. In, like, yeah. I'm there for you when you need me. But in that situation, you don't need me. You need yeah. to learn how to defend. See, that's, that's the thing. Put me in front of a class and I'll teach you. Put me on a stage and I'll sing. If you have Put a role. Me, if I have a role, yeah. Because I, I said, if it is literally my other half because yeah. I'm lost without her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, but you're not. You're like you're not. You you're she's not here right now. She's not here right now. <laughs> yeah, he's grand, Eva. So he but see with people and comfortable. Eva, he with, is though, pulling like, the know. wall over your eyes, Eva. He's grand here. You're not here. You're off doing whatever you're doing. He's here. He's grand. here. Been heaven, look. Oh yeah. You can smell the strings. <laughs> right. Anyway, we leave it at that. Lenny, thank you very much thank you. for coming in. You're an absolute legend, right? I know, buddy. but we're gonna have your song from nineteen ninety-six, yeah. right? He said Disclaimer, 1996, he was very ago. young. I was only four years old. <laughs> and this song is from his band from 1996 and they were called The Lounge Lizards and it's called Shameless. Enjoy, folks. We'll talk to you again. <laughs> I said it right for one.
if you would like to share your story, please drop us a message on our Instagram page, which is at mamsinablender or email mamsinablender at gmail.com.